If you decide to become an etemai, a sushi chef, you will spend the first four or five years of your journey washing floors, scrubbing dishes, and observing your master's every move until one day your master will come to you and finally give you the opportunity that you are looking for. Learning how to make rice. Hey, it's Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to the Lucas Grobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Today, we are going to be talking about the road, the path to becoming a sushi chef. But first, I want to talk to you about my book, Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. I wrote this book at a time of my life where I thought I was supposed to be having this romantic adventure. I thought that it was supposed to be exciting, but it turned out that the road to greatness, the path to your destiny, your purpose is dry, boring, and mundane. And it was in that season of life that I wrote this short 100-page book, highly actionable, that helps build frameworks and mindsets by which you can see your world more clearly so that you can take action, action and steps forward to move and reach your goal. Now, back to the story about sushi. So this is kind of an offbeat episode from our, our recent episodes on historic uh, worldview breakdowns, but I think it's very helpful to remember that as we pursue our goals, as we pursue our dreams, as we pursue our purpose, our calling, our assignments in life, that we have to have a, a certain framework, a perspective by which we can move forward confidently knowing that we're still on the right path. Because as we move forward to reach our destiny, to fulfill the thing that we feel like we are called to do in life, we are going to be met with opposition. We are going to be met with dry spells, with seasons of, of boredom where we feel like the sushi chef who is an apprentice, who's washing floors for three, four, five years, wondering what are we doing? And the thing that we talk about here on the show is we talk about owning the future, owning our future. And I think maybe we get confused sometimes of what it means to shape and own the future, what it means to be a change maker. Being a change maker, it doesn't mean changing other people. It means changing yourself. It doesn't mean controlling other people. It means controlling yourself, shaping your own world, not working to shape and control the lives of others. And it's an important distinction to make, especially as we observe the journey of an apprentice who is longing to become an itimai. Because in order for us to make a change, outside in the world, in order for us to have an impact on the world, we need to change. And we don't change on the outside of us. We need to change on the inside of us. We need something that is deep and transformative within the very core of our being by which we have a strength and a resilience and a fortitude to walk out into the world with confidence not trying to change others, but saying, hey, I went through a transformative journey 
that you can enroll into and you can have that interfortitude. It doesn't mean that everything around you is going to be perfect because the world is a place that is filled with conflict, will be filled with, with trials and hardships for our whole lives. That is not something that's going to change, but what can change is your interfortitude. So let's look at the story. What, what, what does it take to become an itimai? What does it come be, take to become a sushi chef? Well, as I said, when you first decide to become a sushi chef, you need to find an itimai, a master, who will take you under their wing and bring you into their tutelage. Now, this this very first step, that can be a very difficult step. Finding someone who can see something in you, a, a strength in you, an ability in you to become one of the great masters of sushi. Once you finally find someone to accept you into their tutelage, as I mentioned, you're going to spend the first three to five years washing floors, cleaning dishes, and observing your master's every move. In that time, you too are being watched. You're, you're being watched to see, does this person have what it takes to be a complete master, a master of themselves? Are they complaining? Because you must never complain. Are you able to carry yourself? How are you interacting with the staff? How are you interacting with the, the customers? What is that relationship like? And in four to five years, maybe, if you're lucky, you will finally get that promotion that you've been longing for and waiting for. Longing for and waiting for. You will be taught how to prepare rice. Now, the preparation of rice for an itimai, for a sushi master, is one of the most important things, the preparing of rice. There's this perfect recipe, the secret recipe that each itimai has of a mix of vinegar and salt and the proper way to prepare it. You know, from my background, it's like, throw it in a rice cooker. What's the big deal? But rice is such an art for a sushi chef. And it takes years for an apprentice to learn this craft and this trade. It will start off by the itimai overseeing the apprentice and teaching them how to make this rice perfectly until the itimai can be confident that it is going to be made perfectly right every single time. And then... They're going to spend another two to three years just making rice. That is their job. They've spent three to four years, five years maybe, cleaning. And then they spent two to three, four years maybe just learning how to make rice. After years of making rice, hopefully you will have shown that you have the fortitude and the strength, that you have the ability to become one of the great masters and you will be promoted to the next level of your apprenticeship, which is the Wakita. Now that you've been promoted to the Wakita, which literally means near the cutting board, you've essentially become a glorified prep cook. You're spending time cutting ginger, preparing wasabi, and you're now near the front of the house and you're learning how to interact and engage 
with the customers because there's a specific way that sushi chefs are meant to engage with the customers, even this whole ritual and ceremony of billing your customers the correct way. And sometimes billing your customers the correct way means billing your best customers incorrectly and charging them less, but you can't just give them a discount. That would be rude. That would be insulting. But there are ways of giving discounts by incorrectly billing your best customers. And those are things that you need to learn. And you begin to learn those things in the front of the house. And at the same time, as you've progressed, and once you reach a stage where you can be entrusted with great power and responsibility, you are finally allowed to hold your own set of sushi knives, which are called hocho. Now, these knives are very special. There's a special way to handle them. Each knife has a different purpose, a different use. Some knives are even up to two meters long that are used for cutting tuna. Those are called oroshi hochos. In this time, you are, are finally reaching the pinnacle. You're finally reaching mastery. But it has come with a cost. It has come with a cost of three or four, five years maybe, cleaning floors. Another two, three years of learning how just to make rice. Learning the basic, learning the ingredients. You're being watched of how do you handle your knives? How do you interact with people? This, this path to becoming an itimai is not just about getting the right certificate and learning how to, you know, make a nice California roll, but it's about mastery of the self and an art of preparing sushi. This process takes anywhere between 10 and 20 years to become an itimai. Finally, 10 or 20 years down the road, you have finally reached the goal that you set out for but the road there was not at all one that is exciting or enthralling. In fact, every, it seems like every stage is designed to whittle away at you. It's every stage is designed to test you and make sure that you have what it takes to carry it through to the end. So that once you become a master, once you become a Timai, you will have the fortitude to carry that on for generations and be able to mentor and raise up other men or women who were on this path. So finally, after 10 or 20 years, your destiny is achieved, your dreams are fulfilled, your purpose is finally satisfied. But as I said, a romant- the romantic idea of the road to our dreams are so deceptive. We have dreams, or or in a sense, we have destiny in each one of our lives that we are meant to fulfill, that meaning, that that thing that we wake up and we feel like, I know that I am meant to do something great. I know that I have a purpose. I have something that I want to fulfill in my life. That's the big overarching meaning, destiny, over our life. And then it breaks down 
from there. And we have different seasons of our life. And within those seasons, we have different callings and those callings change as we move through the seasons in our life. And within those seasons, we have specific assignments, specific tasks that we are given to do that actually shape and mold us and create character within us that teach us specific skills, things that we need to learn. Now, each one of these assignments, each one of these seasons, each one of these callings that shift and change over the years build up so that we have everything that we need in order to be successful in walking out our overall life, purpose, mission, vision, dream, meaning, the thing that we're chasing. With those seasons and callings, we have shorter assignments, which are designed to train us up with the right character, with resilience, so that we might be able to handle power, so that we may be able to handle the, the hochos, the, the sushi knives, so that we might be able to have the character and fortitude to carry out the destiny with the responsibility that comes with that. And not everyone is guaranteed to be, re- be able to reach that place in our lives. Not everyone is guaranteed. I know the, the word destiny even of itself is a little deceptive. We kind of think that, you know, we're destined to do something. This is going to happen. This is why I was born. But we can miss out on our destiny. I can miss out on my destiny. If I have a season in my life where I'm called to scrub floors and I grumble, and I complain on my road to become an itimai, on my road to become a master. If I'm grumbling and complaining on that road, I'm not going to get promoted to be taught how to make rice. And I will miss out on my destiny. I will fall short and actually not achieve the great things that I was born to achieve. So each one of these seasons, they're, they're shaping us for a specific task that lies ahead. Another problem that we can run into is we get these callings in our life. We have these moments in our life where like, I am called to fill in the blank. Using the, the it's in my example, I am called to make Christ. All of a sudden we get that promotion. We see that we're on our path to to fulfill our destiny, we get this calling. We get this sense of this is it. This is the thing. And we step into it, right? Because life isn't as simple as and straightforward as maybe becoming a sushi chef. It's much more complex. There's relationship. There's, there's, there's dreams that we want to step into that we don't know exactly what it looks like, exactly what it feels like. But there's times when opportunities come to us and we have these new and exciting seasons and callings that we step into. And we step into this calling of becoming a rice maker and we, we learn it, we're excited, it's new. And then we enter into this this long, monotonous season of a couple of years where we're just making rice. And we move from, this is my calling. This is, I finally made it to what am I doing here? Did I miss it? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I be doing something else? Like, you know, we start looking and we start thinking about, oh, I could take this shortcut here. I could quit my job and get another job selling shoes. You know, forget my dream. I can make some more money right now. Now, this is a 
a metaphor even for other things in our life in that so often we want to just quit our life, quit what we're doing now, quit our relationship, quit our marriage and go on to something easier because we think that it is a shortcut when really it would it will derail us from the thing that we were created for for a whole and fulfilled life another thing that can happen is as our our seasons change and we step into a new calling we finally get that promotion we can get a little confused and be like, wait a minute, am I just schizophrenic? Am I just, you know, being blown by the wind? Am I just missing it? I thought that I was, I had this calling before. I was really operating. I became a really great rice cooker, but now I'm a Wakita and someone else is taking my place as a rice cooker. I, oh, I'm feeling a little insecure. Why do they have my place? I, I made it better than them. Like what's going on? And now I'm, I'm, Doing what? I'm making ginger. I thought that this was supposed to be different. I thought that I was supposed to be stepping into my fullness, my purpose, my destiny, my meaning, but I'm not. And we can feel insecure even when we move into these new callings that we have in our life because our callings change season by season because our callings are meant to equip us and train us and teach us for stepping into the fullness of who we are meant to be, the fullness of our destiny. Another trap we can fall into is disillusionment and grumbling, right? We thought that we were supposed to become the world's greatest itemai, but here you've been cleaning floors for three years and you start grumbling, your heart attitude is growing bitter and it's souring from the experience and it exposes our character to our mentor and to our master, to the one that is over and overseeing our journey and our progress. Now, if you have a good master, they're going to be gentle in their rebuke and correction. They're going to give you grace. They're going to give you strength. They're going to teach you that intermastery in that season when you're prone to grumble and they're going to help you overcome that. But in that moment, you have a choice where you can harden your heart and continue to grumble and complain and say, this is not what I signed up for. And you will miss what is meant for you in that season and you will not get promoted. You will not get moved forward to the next phase and you will miss out on your destiny. You will miss out on the fullness of what you could have achieved in your life. And to be quite frank, quite honest, so many people actually do this. So many people miss out on the things that they were meant to and designed to step into because they spent time grumbling and complaining. They allowed their hearts to grow bitter and to grow sour because of experiences in life. We can make decisions that forfeit our destiny. And that is a 
a scary thing. That is something that we need to be mindful of with every day, realizing that we can make choices. We can make decisions that will derail us for many years, if not all the rest of our days. The third trap that we can fall into is just giving up. Here we've spent maybe six years. We've been making rice for a couple of years. We've lost sight of that higher and upward call. We look over and we see that we can get certified online to become a sushi teacher, a sushi itimai master online. We can go to a, you know, a cheap little institute and we can get our certificate and we can open up our, our own sushi shop and become our own itimai without sitting under the tutelage of a master. But we will know that deep down we quit. We will know that we were frauds. We will know that we just decided to buy the right stuff to make it look like we had made it, to play the part so that we could feel like we were walking in our purpose, so we could feel like we were walking in our destiny, but deep down, we would not have the substance of a true itimai master. And we can do this in our life in so many ways, trying to take those shortcuts, trying to shortcut the process, not being willing to let our character be strengthened and changed and challenged to be sharpened, to go through those refining fires, those crucibles that refine us and, and bring out the and exposes the ugliness of our own heart so that we can deal with it and change and be refined. That's what it takes to be a master. We, we must, we must guard our hearts and we must remain sober-minded, keeping our eyes on the goal in front of us, keeping our eyes on the things that we know, the purposes that we know that we have been called to. We must embrace the callings and the assignments of each season that are given to us by our master, by our mentors, by those who are helping us on that path that we have chosen to follow without growing bitter, without growing hard-hearted. Because to become an itimai, you must not just learn the technical skills to fulfill your destiny. You, it's not just knowing the technical skills. But to become an itimai, you have to know how to handle your ingredients. You need to learn which is, to me, that speaks to learning how to handle your interior world, how to handle your your character, how to handle your emotions, how to handle the substance of your craft. You need to learn how to handle your hocho, your knife. How are you wielding power? How are you using something that can create something beautiful or hurt other people? You need to learn how to interact with your clients to become an, an itimai. How to interact with your, your relationships. How to honor those around you. How to have healthy, strong relationships. Build culture and community. 
within your store, within your surrounding. You need to learn how to work, move, and behave. To become an Itimai, it is a holistic set of mastery of self and mastery of the world around you to create a place where people want to enter into your store, want to enter into the sphere and realm of your influence because it is a place that is peaceful and beautiful and pleasing. It is a place that is safe. It is a place that is challenging. It is a place where they see the character and resilience that has been created within you. And when they buy that piece of rice and fish, they're not just buying a piece of rice and fish, but they are buying the belief. They're buying the idea. They're buying the character and the greatness and the art that you have disciplined yourself in to become that master. How are we doing that? In the other areas of our life, if you and I are not called to be Itimai masters. At the beginning of this episode, we, we started talking about how being a change maker isn't about changing someone else, but it is about changing yourself. Being a change maker is about learning to control yourself and it's about submitting yourself to the process of refinement. It's about submitting yourself to the process of washing floors and learning to be a servant. Of watching the master and figuring out how does he do everything. Of learning how to make rice. Simple, boring, plain rice for years until it's perfect. You move on to the next stage and you learn how to aerate that rice. You learn how to cut ginger and prepare wasabi. You learn how to handle your knives, how to handle the power. And that is something that we, it's an interior thing that we must learn over the course of our years. And that's what it means to be a change maker. That's what it means to be able to own our futures. It's to have a resilience on the inside that no matter how the storm rages outside of us, no matter what trials and conflicts that we go through, we have been changed on the inside. We have peace on the inside. It is people who are like this, people with that character and resilience who own the future, who have an impact on others. So it's those people who have gone through a transformation of their character, which happens through discipline, through training, through mentorship by their master, by their itimai. And when others see the character within you, when others see the character, the strength, and the meekness, they will begin to enroll on the same journey as you. They'll say, I see something different. I see a strength, I see a beauty, I see a resilience, I see a mastery within you. I choose to sign up on that own journey. And that is how you become a person of influence. By having learned how to control the one sphere of influence that we really have full control over, which is our inner world, ourselves. That is how you become a person of greatness. It's through that meekness. And other people then have that opportunity, that ability 
to enroll on that very same journey that you enrolled on if they choose. You can't make them. It's if they choose. And very, very few people actually choose to enroll on the journey of becoming an Itimai. And even fewer still decide to carry through because it's those first couple years of washing floors and washing dishes that causes people to say, "Mm, it's not really worth it. I'm going to go over to the Institute and pay $20,000 and get my certificate and make it seem like I made it. I'm going to artificially manifest my dreams rather than sitting underneath a master so that I might be transformed into a different person. Very few people enroll on that journey and fewer still continue through. But I believe that you are one of those people. I believe that you are one of those people who are deciding, who's choosing to become a master, choosing to become someone great and not taking the easy shortcut to try to fake it till you make it, but going through the process of transformation so that one day you can actually walk in the fullness of what you were born and created to do. That is all for this episode. I love getting your questions. Please, if you have a question, you can WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, and I would be more than happy to answer your question uh, right here on the show. That is all. Remember, you are a change maker, someone who goes through the process of transformation on the inside, changing your interior world and becoming a master of your interior world. So go out and own the future this week. 